Hello, I'm Craig Hello. Constantine. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well. So happy to be finally speaking to you in this context. <laughs> you and I have, <clears throat> we've spoken a bit over the years, but we were having the little pre-conversational like, yeah, when was the last time I actually saw you? And then then, then begins the walk down memory lane, right? But yeah. instead of going there, um, I often say to people like, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word movement or I ask them, you know, beforehand, is there anything that you've thought about you want to talk about? And some people get really nervous about, you know, what do you want to talk about? And they're like me. And you started talking about, and I, um, and I totally like, let's talk about this. You started talking about, and you, you mentioned that you, your role, your job, and I'm air quoting because people can't see your job in parkour isn't really to be a coach or an athlete, right? And you're, yep. I'm wondering um, what, so first of all, what do you see your role as? And then what's the thing that's buzzing around your head that you feel like you have to share that you have to get off your chest today? Thank you. Get off my chest. Confession time. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I'm now, I work full time for Parker UK, um, as development manager now. And that's, you know, I'm very fortunate. That's like a proper salaried role. So Parker UK have core funding from the sports bodies in the UK to be able to put a, a, an executive team in place to do some jobs, which is outstanding. Amazing, yes. Right. You know, and, and I am like, it, Luck has been part of that, and I think I've also worked quite hard, but I feel extremely privileged to be in a position where I have a job where I basically have get to look after the people that I like, you know, right? <laughs> and 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 that's really, really nice. So I guess my my what I would see is my job in the community now has really changed, right? Because I used to be quite a sort of prolific coach. Um probably had quite a lot to say as well. Um, and as I moved away from doing parkour full-time into other stuff, I think there's been other skills that I've recognized in terms of like community development and just learning from 15 years that, that I've now turned into this like sort of parkour office job, I guess. Mm, yeah. So I think really, yeah, to sum that up, like my role in the community is to find ways to drive all the good practice and develop it. And what, what I've definitely discovered in the last year or so of doing that role is that it's really helpful for a lot of the people who are still at the center of parkour delivery or performance to just have someone who can like do some stuff for yeah. them that they don't have time to think about. So, um, yeah, and I love it, right? Like I, I'm still training maybe once, twice a month. Like I'm not shy about the fact that I don't really know if I'd call myself like an active practitioner now, but I've found the place to be in the community, which is mm. super exciting. That was a yeah. long answer. No, that's not a long answer. <laughs> that's an awesome answer. <laughs> and, and I think it highlights, um, I, I don't like to interject and people are like up on plane there, but I'm just like, yeah, living the dream, right? Like a, a lot of people ask me like, how do I do what I do? And I'm just like, oh, a shit ton of hard work and I and like sweat and sleep. But there's also this aspect of luck and serendipity and yeah. like the position that you have in the UK, there's no corresponding position like in the United States or in 
uh, uh, Korea. Like, like the, it's mm-hmm. it's there's so many things that have to come together. Um, and, I, and I'm just wondering, like, that's one I always think about, like threads. I always love to pull little weavings apart yeah. by grabbing the threads. But I, I really want to dig more into you mentioned 15 years of experience, and you, and I know that, like, I've made a little bit more about your history than some people. So I, I know that you have some specific things that you wanted to share with people about maybe things you've learned or, or like pitfalls that people should avoid. I, I often say the purpose of yeah. my life could be to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> Don't do what I did. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think what, what I've found particularly in the last five years, so just for context, 2014, which is the last time we saw each other, Craig, as well, uh, in America, I was getting ready to come back to Glasgow and sort of hang up my Kalenjis a little bit and, <laughs> and move 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 to Little Island in the North Sea and, and, yeah. and move into sort of youth and community work. So I was sort of out of Parker as a career for four or five years and for the first time had a job doing something else, mm. right? Um, but actually there was lots of real related transferable skills because I was working with young people and I was developing people and lots of stuff that you do as a coach. Anyway, what that really taught me and and now coming back into the community and speaking to a lot of people who are trying to build their careers in parkour is that being out of it for a while is quite useful, right? And it's given me a lot of perspective. So I thought when, when we chatted about having this 20 minute discussion that maybe four or five things that I might have done differently if I launched my coaching company now might be valuable. Mm, so yes. so let's do them. Yes, please. So I think number one for me is I would have kept another job for way longer, way, maybe even for the whole time that I was mm. doing Glasgow Parker coaching. I think financial stability rules. It's yes. amazing. I never had a salary <laughs> until I was... 27 (laughs) right but i think that that there can be a culture in lifestyle practices that there's something it's like stigmatized that you you either you have to go full into your practice and commit to it or you have to give in to the rat race in the nine to five yeah or you're a poser yeah which are you uh in you out yeah and i think that that's a culture that's a problem for us and so for me Looking back, if I had managed to get a job as like, say, a youth worker or someone working in like a sports center or a leisure Mm -hmm. center Mm -hmm. and have half of my wage that I needed to live from that, I would actually have been able to do more with parkour because it's not just a factor of time. It's a factor of stability. Mm -hmm. Right. And like the number of like crappy coaching contracts that I said yes to because I was so desperate to take all of the work that actually didn't move me forward is mm, crazy. That's a good Whereas point. I think if, if you've got some stability and you can pay your rent, you have the leverage to say no to other stuff. And so you can do the parkour work that you actually want to do, mm. you know? And I think when I moved to Shetland, I kept doing a little bit of parkour work, but it was in the Caribbean. Right, <laughs> say, so right. I, I could Jamaica, say, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd love, yeah, but I could say, no, I don't want to work for minimum wage in a youth project that I've worked in for three years because that's just not where I am now. But I could say no to that because I had a job. And then when someone said, "Do you want to come to Jamaica and do parkour?" I could be like, "Yes." Hmm. 
So I think that that's a sort of hyperbolic story. But I think the thing for me is you, people don't need to get caught up in this story that you have to commit your whole life to this to make it work. Mm-hmm. I think that's right? a great And point. I think for me, that's a piece of learning that I now have. <laughs> anyway. That's great. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. What's number two? <laughs> number two. Yeah, you're going to be like, you're going to run out of time. Number two is, this is a, a slightly tongue-in-cheek one, but it's true. I would, and I do this now, I would answer every email with a stupid question about parkour like it was the first time it had been asked. Mm-hmm. Right? And what I mean is, and I, I'm sure you've had this experience, Craig, as well, but maybe in a slightly different context, when someone shouts parkour at you because they've seen it in the office, sorry, look at that. How terrible is this? My phone's ringing. <laughs> no, it's all good. Let's do that bit again. No, so it's all good. When when someone shouts parkour at you because they've seen it in the office, they don't know that they are the thousandth person that's done that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but what happens is the response they get is the wrath of your fury mm-hmm. that you've had that a thousand times. Right. And I think if I'm honest with myself, that had an impact on the customer service of my company on occasion, not regularly. Right. But you you get you get fed up with the stupid questions. But that person that has an inquiry about parkour, they genuinely just don't know. Yeah. And I think now at Parkour UK, where I see a lot of the same questions coming up again and again, I've got more of a degree of tolerance, which generally leads to a better outcome for the person that I'm trying to help. I, oh, I'm down a hundred percent. No, it makes complete sense. I've been caught standing on, you know, not too high railings by people who look at me and go, you, sir, you should know better. And, and I often play it up like, well, oh, how'd I get up here? You know, like played up like Alzheimer's or something and just try to yeah. engage with them in a fun way. And yeah. I, I think you're, you're totally onto something that how we, how we are in the regular moments, which are, you know, regularly you get interrupted like that, that sets the tone for, you know, that person's, they're not going to become a parkour practitioner, but, but they went, oh my God, I, you know, they'll go to work. I I encountered this parkour crazy person and he was actually really nice and it was funny. And now it's like ripples in a pond and yes, it takes a ton of energy, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it it requires a huge degree of patience, but I think the so my the reason that my thinking about that changed is a story about Metallica, which this this is oh, a, you gotta tell be this. A, a sort of weird connection. So I watched a video with um, Lars Ulrich, the drummer mm-hmm. from Metallica, and someone was saying to him like, "Are you not bored playing Enter Sandman that came out in 1988 or whatever it was?" And he said. I might be, but the guy standing at the front could have been waiting 35 years to see me play that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not up to me to decide the enthusiasm that I give it because for that other person, they, they've they not seen me play it on tour for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to give them the respect Honesty. and the attention that I yeah. did on day one. And I think it's funny because that made me think about those Parker questions where you're so sick of giving the same answer but actually the person deserves that right yeah. anyway that's my little story brilliant <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great on time what's number three uh so number three is i'm just reading what i wrote now it, it almost relates to that thing about number one about this culture of having to commit your life in a binary decision which is i think a lot of there's a lot of 
people who are self-employed and business owners who are caught up in this like hustle culture idea mm-hmm. that they somehow work harder than everyone else and that yeah. there is this busy trap that people think they're in. And I can tell you when I started my first nine to five job, I did more in a week than I'd done in six months of running my coaching company in terms of admin, right? Now the coaching yeah. time, <clears throat> fair enough, that's that's a service job. Your hours correlate to the time that you spend with people. But I was caught up in that culture of being like, oh, I'm a business owner. I'm super busy. I answer hundreds of emails every day. Mm-hmm. And then I actually had to answer hundreds of emails every day. <laughs> and, and, I realized, and have a manager, right? And have goals right? and targets. And there's a bigger thing we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah. And, and I think the learning that, that I've done from that and those jobs were, they have their pitfalls. And some of the criticisms of the sort of Monday to Friday, nine to five work are true. But again, I think with with being self-employed and being a business owner, there's this quite binary culture about that being self-employed is contrarian Mm. to being in in like a regular job. And actually, they're much closer together than you think, Mm. you know. And and I think if I had tried to treat my job with a bit more discipline around the time that I worked when I wasn't coaching and sort of worked on a bit of a nine-to-five type schedule – I would have been less stressed and more productive. Mm. But it's the culture. You're around I'm people I'm who are nodding. Going, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm nodding you frenetically. It. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I would totally agree. I'm I'm basically an entrepreneur for many, many, many years, and I'm totally with you. And I always thought I was busy. I really wasn't doing the things that I should have been doing, or often wasn't doing what I should. Totally, I agree with you 110. percent Yeah, and I get it. Like people are people. The 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 reasons are, and the intention is genuine. Yes. But I think the there's a little bit of a culture of denial, and the problem is that if you're allowed around lots of self-employed people. We all reinforce it. Yeah, there's a bubble there. And I, I think it's challenging yeah. to figure out, well, okay, Chris and Craig, where should I go? And I'm like, just we have this beautiful thing called the internet. Go look. There's plenty of places where you can learn about how to be an entrepreneur or things that you should really yeah. be doing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously point that back to how does that apply for parkour, right? Because I think <laughs> 95% of the inquiries that I used to get from my coaching company didn't need an answer at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. <laughs> Right. He didn't, right? It's the school teacher. Yeah. But but I had this attitude of like, oh man, I work so hard. 10 p.m. on a Saturday night, everyone's having a beer, and I'm answering emails. I should have been having a beer. Yes. Right. Yes. And I should have been waiting until Monday morning to get back to the people who were not expecting an answer on the weekend. Yeah. And I think that I'm quite strict about that now, and, and in my job, I'm quite fortunate that I that is a luxury because I have stability. I get that when you're an entrepreneur, there's a, a fear and a desperation about not answering emails, but giving yourself a break is important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Number four. Number four, we're nearly there. Um, this is a really short one. And um, in case she ever hears this, it's stolen from my wife and she probably stole it from someone else. Um, done is better than perfect. <laughs> Amen. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Perfectionism is a lie that you tell yourself to not do any work. To hide. Yes. You hide in perfectionism. Yeah. And I know, like, listen, there are, there are people that may listen to this that will be thinking, yeah, I get stuff from Chris and it's sloppy sometimes and there's still spelling mistakes and stuff in it and fair enough, but I still got it out there. And and I think 
getting things out there 85, 90% done, and then there may be being a few little fixes you do is actually harmless compared to making people wait or never getting to the end of a project. And I'm spending a ton of time to polish it and it's just a stinking turd anyway. And when you deliver it, <laughs> yeah. people go, uh, no, it's the wrong thing. You're like, oh my God, I spent all this time on it. So there's, there's, yeah. I mean, I, I always joke in, in like movers mindset when we start like, well, what about deadlines? I'm like, we don't make medical equipment here that like, you know, there are no emergencies. Nothing is yeah. urgent. It's all this false sense of urgency that I build up in my head. So a lot of times just, yeah, make it simple. What's the simplest thing that could possibly work? Let's try that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. And and that's, I've maybe went a little bit too much the other way now, where <laughs> some, of the, some of the stuff that I put out is, is not even ready, never mind done. But I think the, the, the impact of getting stuff out there that needs some work is, is less negative than you think. And it's, yeah. it's a worse impact to never deliver. Right? Yes. So, yeah, I think that's important, especially for people starting businesses, because they care about the exact color of their logo. And I get that. Yeah. But well, it's and they not care about, moving the needle. They care about the impression. So if, yeah. if I, when I try to control what the other person is thinking, oh my God, I can spend endless amounts of time and I yeah. have no control anyway. So if I just learn to like relax a little bit and here's what I think I should say and then I say it and then see what happens. I totally, I think that's a brilliant yeah. point. And, and I guess, again, just bringing it back to parkour, the fifth one is really short, I promise. Bringing it back to parkour <laughs> for, that, for that fourth one is like that that done is better than perfect idea maybe for a parkour company what that means is stop planning your schedule for classes and just put it out there and get the bookings yeah. you know like just take the steps that lead to the actual work you know don't don't spend a year deliberating over the mission of your company because actually in that year you could have met a hundred people that yeah. might buy your services and i think people really care about those details which is really admirable but it can really get you stuck Mm. You know, I like your point about mission. Um, I, I movers mindset doesn't even actually have a technically written out mission, but somehow I can smell when things are right versus <laughs> when they're wrong. You know, it's like I figure out how to, I think everybody, maybe not everybody, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, nice. I think everybody can figure out how to take the high road on yeses and nos and how should I do this yeah. without having to like get a degree in literature to craft a perfect mission statement. So I, I totally love that you mm -hmm. point out that that idea of it doesn't, you know, figure out where, what's the the, the Pareto principle, 80-20, 80% of your results come from like 20% of the work. For um, sure. Totally a, totally a thing. Cool. Um, so number five to finish us off, Craig. And this is my, uh, this is to self-correct for the fact that I've just professed all of my infinite knowledge, <laughs> right? So number number five is just to remember that we don't know that much. Yeah. I If I look back at the... It's very good to be confident in what you're good at. I think that's important. But the amount that I've learned about how to communicate and work with people as a coach has improved more in the last five years of not doing parkour than it probably did in the 10 years of doing parkour. Mm. Now, both of those phases were important, but if your parkour coaching is always around other parkour coaches, you are limited in how you learn. Yeah. And, and I think that I was really ignorant to that. And then I ended up in a job in youth work. I was given the job because I was able to communicate about the skills that I'd learned in parkour. But I'll never forget the first day 
being put in the classroom in the school that I worked in, being ready to go, and then suddenly thinking, oh, shit, there's no parkour equipment. <laughs> like, I've told people that I know how to work with young people. I've never done it without my trainers on. Like, <laughs> you know, and then and suddenly being back at the beginning of that and, and learning a lot from it. And I think the there is a lot for our coaches in the parkour world to learn and they are really varied already i think there's a good diversity but we do give ourselves a lot of credit mm. you know and, and i think yeah. sometimes I, I am definitely guilty of doing that and being a bit of a self-appointed expert at times in the past where i think remembering that you don't know anything is super important which means all the number one to five i've said is rubbish mm. i love it Ignore, ignore, pay no attention, ignore everything I just said. No, I, I disagree. Pay attention to everything you just said. Um, yeah, awesome. I love it. Um, I've got 19 more questions. I, the notes that I'm taking, I'm like, Chris is watching me scribble frantically. Just, I do take notes on the conversations I have. It's not really for anything in particular, but yeah, I have 19 questions, but I, I think instead I'm just going to say, and of course the final question, three words to describe your practice. These are also stolen. But it is um, <laughs> openness, playfulness, and togetherness. Ooh, nice. All right, Chris. Um, I think I will just say, um, why the F did we wait so long to have another chat? <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's definitely my fault, too. I've, I've no. said no a few times, but I'm here now. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I really appreciate, I say this all the time, but I really do appreciate people taking the time. Like, it, it, I, I do try to remember what it's like to have some random wacko say, hey, you want to do a recording? <laughs> people, and I, it never ceases to surprise me how often people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for 20 minutes of I don't know what. <laughs> so Listen, so I much. like this format. It's cool to be like, you're right. There's lots of questions and discussions, but this is a really different way to do it. And I, I like it. Keep doing mm -hmm. it. Thank you. So I much. want to say a lot more, but it's a good thing to be cut off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to cut you off. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.